learning happens, healing happens, uh, worsening <laughs> happens, right? For that to happen, your brain has to change. Your brain has to change. The change in your brain and reaching into your body in altogether, but primarily in your brain, changing your brain is the basis of changing your mind for better or worse. So if you're interested in changing for the better, then it's useful to have a little bit of knowledge about how your brain changes for the better, because then you can hack your own brain. You can take charge of the brain betterment problem. This is Scratch Your Own Itch, the one show that delivers the conversations that we're afraid to share, but need to. This show is all about creating a life worth living. I'm Logan Tyler Nelson, and I'm your host. So you're going to hear conversations with creators and entrepreneurs talk about what they do, their current and past traumas, how they became who they are, and what they are truly curious about. This is the show where we talk about the things we think about a lot, but need to talk about more. Please take note that this show is not a substitute for actually creating a life worth living, because this show will stir your beliefs, make you question what it means to create a life worth living. So my promise to you is to always give you one question to answer for yourself today, to start turning your dreams into a reality. and gents so <laughs> um ladies and gents still cracks me up anyways i wanted to really quickly just say thank you thank you so much for listening to this podcast instead of listening to any other podcast i appreciate it so so much uh because i know your time is valuable and i don't take that for granted one bit but before I get into this episode, I, I want to invite you to the ultimate question at the end and really, really ask yourself that question that Mr. Rick Hansen asks of you. And I think that uh, he lays in some real gold during this entire, I mean, this interview is going to change your brain. It really will. I mean, it's going to change your perspective on a lot of things. It did mine, that's for sure. Um, and honestly, I want to just point out how grateful I am to have a podcast. Not because it's making me a million dollars. Not because, you know, now that I'm, I'm connected to these huge, huge game changers of the world. But it's because it's making me show up. And it's giving me purpose. It's giving me purpose to share these interviews with you. And if you're someone who is like, you know, I've always wanted to feel that. Or maybe you, you have a company right now and you don't yet feel like you're doing artful work right now. And it's, it's just, you're just going through the motions. I want you to reach out. Please, please go on my Facebook. I, my, my link is right there in the show notes. And just say a few things about the podcast that you like, what you would change if it was your podcast, because this is ultimately scratch your own itch. I want you to scratch that itch. You know, I really do. So let me let me hear your thoughts on starting something new. So anyways, without further ado, enjoy my 126th episode. Wow, I can't believe it's going to 126. Uh, with Rick Hansen. So, my curiosity question for you is, do you know what it really takes to be resilient? Let me ask you that question again. Do you know what it really means to be resilient? Okay, let me set the tone. Human beings are incredibly resilient. We bounce back from setbacks, both big and small. 
We make it through trauma, tragedy, loss, heartbreak, failure, change, stress, and illness. Although facing setbacks is inevitable. How we face these setbacks, though, shapes our life. Some people seem to have it easier, and other people seem to have it harder. And whether or not this is the case for you, it doesn't hurt to think about what qualities these people that bounce back so easily may possess, or what it is about them that helps them to get through the hard times, less bruised or scarred. Walking through flames is going to hurt you. It is going to burn you. But it's how you react, what you do next, that truly tests your character and makes you into the powerful human being that you are. The truth is, all human beings can be resilient. But it's a practice. And I believe with my full being of who I am as a person, honestly, I'm in the presence of someone who is easily one of the best teachers in resiliency. His name is Rick Hansen. He's a neuropsychologist, teacher, and author of many books. He's the founder of Wellspring Center, Wellspring Center for Neuroscience and Contemplative Wisdom and an affiliate of the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley. He's been featured on BBC, NBC, PBS, NPR, and many other major medias. He teaches us the very practical ways to grow and enrich ourselves through the experiences in our lives. So, get ready for one heck of an episode, and give a warm welcome to the one and only Dr. Rick Hansen. Logan, that was... Very touching and incredibly good intro for this. Thank you very much. Ah, oh, oh, thank you so much. I, I'm I'm super stoked for this uh, for this talk. I, you know, I've done a lot of uh, just going to your work, and it's helped me actually really solve some problems in my own life just by diving deep into it. So I can't thank you enough for what you do. But I want to. You know, the mission of the show is really to make someone feel less alone and also um, scratch their own itch, you know, and what that means to me by scratching your own itch is you're solving a problem that you had with yourself, but you're also Mm. doing it for other people. So um, Mm. how did you get to where you got to by uh, scratching your own itch? Mm. No, it's interesting. I've, I've been looking back on my life kind of as a whole, including when I was young, like really young, and couple things. One, in all, in just about all my memories of my early childhood, including going back to when I was probably not even yet three, there was this poignant, wistful knowing inside me that most people were a lot of, a lot unhappier than they really needed to be. It was like there was a lot of unnecessary hassle, stress, criticism, bickering, scariness, wild intensity, whatever, in the kids I was around, the grownups I was around, and inside my own family. And I didn't know how to solve it, but I knew there was a problem here. And then the second thing, uh, which really came in a little later in my childhood, more like when I was around 15 or so, I think about, uh, I realized that it was like I got like a white light kind of moment in a way, or the light bulb. It was like, it was not a white light moment. It was a light bulb moment. The light bulb went off and I realized, <laughs> holy moly. And it probably went off over about a week period, but whatever. I've got it. That I couldn't do anything about my past, but the best thing I could do was every day help myself develop as much as possible. Learn new things, learn how to talk to girls, learn how to deal with my family, learn how to deal with my own thoughts and feelings. Um, You know, each day get a little more skillful, a little wiser, a little more resilient, a little happier, et cetera, et cetera. And like that was incredibly hopeful to me. Like, wow, the future is this huge opportunity in which what's on me is to make sincere every day, sincere efforts every day to heal and learn and grow. Like your whole gig here, Logan, exactly like that. And then I realized kind of on the heels of that, and I'll finish on this point, that um, if growing, learning, broadly defined, not the multiplication tables, but important stuff, you know, like learning how to be calmer when the world is going crazy, uh, important stuff, 
that if what if learning was really important, then learning how to learn in the broadest sense was the most important thing of all. Bingo. And then I started really, really focusing on learning how to take in the good, learning how to help experiences um, have their best most possible best impact on me. And then that took me now 40 plus years later, actually, uh, into my work as a a teacher and a writer who focuses on what could be called positive neuroplasticity. But it's really about how do you grow the good inside yourself and in your life? So that was that was my journey. Wow, wow, that is, there's a lot to unpack there. I, I can't say enough how important it is for someone to really recognize that that it's because of your work for me at least that um mm-hmm. I've really like gone from this this just like pounding myself down and feeling like you know uh you know I'm not good enough and and I mm-hmm. and I need to be somewhere where you know oh I'm, tw- I'm going on 28 years old I'm almost 30 years old and I'm not where I want to be but um mm-hmm. your work going in 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 inward and and really um finding out the kind of person that I am and mm-hmm. not comparing myself as much. One things that one thing that I took from your book is is you say, every time you take in the good, mm-hmm. you build a little bit of a neutral structure. Doing this neural in, neural is neur- the word neural, neural in your neur- brain. Yep. Yeah, neural in uh, my 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 apologies, and uh, yeah. doing this a few times a day for months mm-hmm. and even years will gradually change your brain and how yeah. you feel and act. Uh, could you kind of expound upon that? Sure. Well, kind of bringing it down to earth, we're all aware of the fact that we and other people kind of change as we uh, as the days go by. In other words, change in the sense of some people become more irritable, anxious, and blue. Other people uh, become happier, wiser, stronger, more loving, more patient. And other examples of those kind of changes, some people heal over time from their past. Other people seem trapped in their past. Uh, some people become more skillful dealing with others or in themselves. Other people don't seem to do that. So we observe that. That's I'm going to use the word learning in the broadest sense of that. But to repeat, I'm not talking about book learning here. I'm talking about the learning that really matters, like feeling different in your body, in your emotions, in your outlook, in your uh, and in your skillfulness and in your whole sense of yourself. Okay, so learning happens, healing happens, uh, worsening (laughs) happens, right? For that to happen, your brain has to change. Your brain has to change. The change in your brain and reaching into your body in altogether, but primarily in your brain, changing your brain is the basis of changing your mind for better or worse. So if you're interested in changing for the better, then it's useful to have a little bit of knowledge about how your brain changes for the better, because then you can hack your own brain. You can take charge of the brain betterment process in little ways that are completely authentic day by day. And the essential idea here is that if you want to become more of anything, if you want to become more confident, more skillful with other people, more mindful, more compassionate, happier, if you want to, um, you know, be, be developing your commitment to fill in the blank, exercise, sobriety, what have you. First, you have to experience that. Whatever you want to grow, you have to experience it first. We can't just transfer the file into the neurocomputer, at least at this point. Um You have to experience what you want to grow and then critically important because experiencing alone does not equal change for the better. You have to help that experience sink in in some way and be converted to a lasting change uh, in your brain. And what my books are about and my, you know, websites about and all the rest of that is the how of that process. But the essence is really simple. Have it. Enjoy it. Have the experience of whatever you want to grow and then enjoy it. Stay with it for a breath or two or longer. Um, Try to feel it in your body. Get a sense of what's rewarding about it for you personally. There's some other neat things you can do and details I get into in my books. But the essence is really simple for, you know, a breath or two or longer. Help it really sink in. And as you do that, you will be steepening your growth curve as you go through life. You will be increasing the conversion rate, in effect, from um, immaterial experience to material change in your actual body 
particularly inside your brain. And then you take the results with you wherever you go, no matter how messed up the world is around you. That to me is the essence of self-reliance and really cool. Yeah. Wow. That is so, I, oh gosh, I could listen to you talk about that subject alone for the next 10 hours. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It would be a conversation, but sure. It's the most, it's the neatest stuff, especially at a time, Logan, when, right? You, I, so many people feel so pushed around and helpless in the face of these really powerful forces, political, cultural, economic, the, their family, their neighbors, you know, the yapping away inside their own mind. And it's really great to appreciate that uh, every day no one can stop you from growing as much as possible from the day you're having. Remembering that the more your life sucks, the more important it is to zero in on what we're talking about and help yourself develop resources every day. No one can stop you from that and no one can do it for you. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think is, um, what do you think like for, for you specifically, what is something that you're struggling with yourself? And, and when you think that sometimes the answer for maybe a patient of yours or someone that's in your, your group coaching program or something like that, maybe be, like, oh, you try to use your your struggle and give them the answer that you would give yourself uh, may not always be the right answer. And how do you kind of like uh, pivot yourself to to get inside the way they operate as a human being versus the way you operate? Does that make sense? Hundred percent. That's a deeply mature and insightful question, you know, about teaching, right? Because in a funny way, we get captured by our strengths. The things that we're strong at, let's say, we tend to get, uh, we go to, that's our sweet spot or go-to place. You know, it's familiar to us. It's what the world's rewarded us to do. And, you know, everybody's telling us that we're really good at it, so we believe it and then keep doing it. And yet it's kind of like if you have a great hammer, you start thinking that everything's a nail. But many people are not nails. They're screws or whatever. So to correct that, I think it's helpful to be aware of your own tendencies and to slow down and really, really listen. I watch I was I just came off a situation where. Um, I was with, you know, some other people in a teaching in a situation and I was just watching them sometimes leap to conclusions really about other people rather than slowing down and really having the humility of respect, the humility of respect to truly listen to another person and not jump to conclusions and also in fact to uh, be very tentative in what you offer. So those are some things I try to do to uh, reduce, I'm not perfect, but at least reduce, uh, what you're talking about. Oh man, that is so cool. Cause I, I, I just see that's the, that's a real separation. Like you said, with teaching is it's being able to teach each and every student that you may have a little bit uniquely compared to everyone else. And that's like true mastery right there. Um, I'd love to ask you, uh, you know, how much with what you have desired was truly mm-hmm. like a, your own desire and how much do you think mm. that was your own desire instead of someone else's desire? Does that make sense? Cause hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got excited halfway through your question. You know that? Yeah. Well, so I'm a psychologist and my own background actually professionally started with developmental psychology, including for my doctoral dissertation, observing 15-month-old kids uh, interacting with their moms, doing various things. And so it's in that context that I'll say that on the one hand, as human beings and as the most profoundly social species on the planet, we're big mammals, we need to learn from each other. Uh, And when we're young especially, we need to learn from fill in the blank, our caregivers, our peers, our siblings, the larger world, our pets. What do our, if you ride a pony, what does the pony have to teach you, right? What, how about your pet turtle? What's your turtle have to teach you? At least something, I hope. So we learn things. We take them into ourselves. It's a natural process. Um, And a lot of it proceeds kind of semi-consciously. We don't quite realize we're, we're, modeling other people and we're learning from them or getting signals from them and we're internalizing them. So on the one hand, that's necessary. On the other hand, as you absolutely say, we can become in a sense haunted 
uh, by the ghosts, really. I'm using that term loosely, not literally, uh, from our childhood and from previous experiences and social influences. Uh, we're very vulnerable as humans to social influence in a group, even if we're a very independent, stubborn kind of person like myself. It's been humbling for me to realize how much um, I had gotten kind of sucked into groupthink in different uh, settings that I was in, especially um, in kind of my 20s. And um, so the net of it all for me is to look deep down inside yourself and really try to sense down to your deeper layers and ask them and tune in there like, okay, of this attitude I have or what seems important to me or these people I'm trying to please or impress or even placate, what's mine and what's theirs? What's reasonable and what's not reasonable? And you kind of try to sort them out and more and more um, develop, you know, it's the subtitle of my book, an unshakable core deep inside yourself of calm, strength and happiness. And I think that's what we're talking about. We're going to be influenced. We need to be influenced. Humans are also the most, in some sense, we're very dependent upon each other. And our dependency is not a sin or a shameful personal fault or weakness. It's actually a great strength. It's through depending on other humans. We've been able to literally walk on the moon and uh, do, you know, the bulk of the good things we've been able to do on the one hand. On the other hand, uh, I think reserving the right to go deep inside your own unshakable core, however you talk about it or feel it. You I, I almost think of it as a kind of inner sanctuary that's sort of sacred. It's like inside your own inner core, temple inside, whatever, there you are free to see it the way you see it and to value things the way you value them. And then based on that, make your own plan. Now, your own plan may be wow, I got to put on a false face just to survive this next two years living with, you know, my step parents or wow, this is not the time for me to speak up about what's going on, because if I do, frankly, I'm going to get whooped on. And that's just, you know, or or something like that. Or but deep inside yourself, you're doing that autonomously because you're free. And um, long term, I think that from this sort of solid base, you're foundation of this unshakable core, this inner sanctuary, then you can move out to the world with clarity and strength because you're moving from a solid base. I, I've been down a ton of rock climbing. I'll finish here. ton of rock climbing. And rock climbing is really about moving from one secure hole to another. And you stabilize and then you move. You stabilize and you move. That That's a great rhythm. And I think a lot of people get in trouble because they move not from a stable place and not from a wholesome, authentic, stable place. Uh, particularly deep inside their own mind. And that's when they get into trouble. Hey friends. So let me ask you real quick. Are you someone who's trying to get more visibility? Who's trying to be in front of the crowd? Well, if that's you, I want to let you know that first of all, you're not alone. Second of all, if you want to get on more podcasts, or ones that actually scratch your own itch, meaning maybe you have a book or a business, or maybe you do speaking, or if you don't yet do speaking, maybe you can, and maybe you'd love to. Well, I put something together for you, and in this little giveaway, I'm going to show you how to pitch yourself or podcast and how to actually be professional when you show up so you can be the next authority in your niche. So you can start scratching your own itch. I know what it's like to build something, create something, and then there just be crickets. No one wants that. You need to be seen. You need to be heard because you have a message to share. A message that is worthy of hearing. Podcasts nowadays, more than ever, are being consumed by people. And guess who's actually learning the knowledge that's being shared? It's podcast listeners. It gives you a license to be an authority in whatever area you really dream of being an authority in. So if this at all starts to give you a little itch to scratch, just email logan at logantylernelson.com. 
Again, that's Logan at LoganTylerNelson.com. This metaphor that you just painted in my in my, my yeah. bird's eye view, this sort of like climbing and and I think the 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 huge question that I have for myself is is and I think it's in your book, you know, the part about adversity and going through adversity sometimes yeah. is the way for people to change. And mm-hmm. it's just like as I get older, do I have to go through that extreme adversity and that pain, um, Mm -hmm. you know, as I get older, I'm like, wait, how can I actually change without just like getting my ass kicked every time? Uh, That's one of the wisest questions of all. That's one of the wisest ones. I mean, I'm, I'm totally with you. You want to hear my little riff on that? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. I think certain important inner resources, like, uh, you know, a certain kind of grit are only developed by going through painful experience. Okay. But most pain has no gain. Much of the, and also it's just pain. First point. Second point, there's always a great question, which is the one you named there, Logan. It's awesome that, um, could I have acquired this great fill in the blank, greater compassion for others, more patience, more self-confidence, uh, you know, lessons about how to deal with other people more skillfully in the future. Could I have acquired that gain without so much freaking pain? And much of the time you can, because if you think about it, let's go back to the neuropsychology of personal growth, of developing resources inside the way to develop those resources is first you experience them second you've got to internalize them without internalization it might be momentarily pleasant but there's no lasting value okay here's the deal most experiences of psychological resources which are the necessary first step uh, in the two-step process of changing for the better most of those experiences are enjoyable they're not painful Think about experiences of accomplishing one thing after another or feeling connected and close to other people or feeling your own worth or experiencing your own um, toughness, your own fortitude, your own determination, experiencing the ways in which you have, um, you know, wholesome, benevolent values for other people, experiencing the ways that deep down without having to be a saint, you're basically a good person. Those experiences are enjoyable which means that the primary pathway to the development of various psychological resources of almost any kind is a pleasurable one, not a painful one. And that's based on absolutely hardcore fundamental neuropsychology. And the other thing to say is that our painful experiences, uh, the brain has a bias. So I say it, it's like Velcro for bad, but Teflon for good. And our painful experiences, boom, go right in. They tend to tear us down. So people have this fantasy. I don't know why they say it, that somehow painful experiences make you stronger. Most painful experiences make us weaker. They wear on us. They erode the immune system. They drag us down. They they lodge inside our memories. They pull down our mood. They pull down our confidence. They make they make us more cranky and prickly and reactive and and withdrawn from other people. That's not building us up. That's tearing us down. But positive experiences generally have the opposite effect. As Barbara Fredrickson and other scholars have shown, they tend to build us up over time. And so that's what I want to say about those who say it's only through pain that you no grow. No pain, no gain, right? <laughs> yeah, they're wrong. And I'm not talking about la-di-da, rose-colored glasses. I'm so against that. I mean, we got to see the world as it is. But part of seeing the world as it is is to recognize that we've got an evolved brain that's designed to selectively tune out positive information about the world and ourselves and hyper-focus on the flashing red lights in the dashboard of life. So if you acknowledge the red lights, but especially day after day after day, widen your view to track the good facts and help yourself um, you know, have good experiences that you take into yourself, you're just you're putting in a correction and in effect taking a playing field that's tilted against you and just leveling it. You know, it's I love that you bring it up on uh, and and gosh, I just want to quickly really quick say this is that I think the no pain no gain is similar to this uh sort of like I was talking to this guy the other day and he and he did and he's a um 
he's done a couple of Ironmans, and he's on to his third mm-hmm. one, and he actually is, I, I can tell that he's not, ta- he doesn't want to do it from a place of passion anymore. He's doing it for a sort of like a, a proving himself, and because mm-hmm. he just knows the amount of pain that actually went into it, doing it the first time and the second time, mm-hmm. um, and the third time, he's just like kind of like, oh, this is going to be even harder, and so it's like, you know, does that, you know, does that transfer over to like good work and actually evolving as a, as a human species? Is it, is it the pain that we're going to go into and in, in knowing that that pain that we're about to enter, um, gosh, like for me, uh, the reason why I love working out is because I found a way finally through mm. the help of, of uh, all the awesome information that you can have mm. a really great physique and not work your butt off to have it. Mm. And, um, you know, like, I, I, I look forward to working out but rather than so many other people going, uh, I don't know, I'm not into that workout thing mm. anymore. Um, mm. And I think it's just that uh, I just have to just mention that. But um, yeah. yeah, I'll tell you, it's, it's ironic that the primary way to grow resources for inevitable pain, I'm a Buddhist. First noble truth is that is there yeah. is suffering, right? It's not the entirety of life, but it's a, but it's squarely facing the fact of inevitable pain and suffering for ourselves and others. So it, it, the takeaway is if you care about dealing with pain, look for and internalize enjoyable experiences that are beneficial to you and others. Wow. That's Isn't that so ironic? Much. Yeah. The that's... best way to to in effect the the pathway that leads to the capacity to cope with pain runs through pleasure. Oh, so true. So true. Um, gosh, Rick, I I'm using go- the word pleasure loosely. I'm not just talking about partying all the time and all that stuff. I mean, but I mean, wholesome, beneficial, uh, useful experiences typically have an enjoyable quality to them. So their enjoyability is like a flashing green light saying, <laughs> hey, probably a good road to go. Not all enjoyable experiences are good for us, blah, blah. And not all painful experiences are bad for us, etc. But the enjoyability of an experience, including very ordinary, down-to-earth experiences like hanging out with friends, are a marker, a signal that they're probably good for you. They yeah. feel good because they usually are good for you. Yeah, yeah. It, that's crazy. It's crazy how people are like, you know, they'll go skydiving and they'll go, mm-hmm. Man, the worst part is when I'm, you know, I'm looking down and I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm about to jump like, you know, two thousand plus meters mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden they say that they jump and they start floating, and yeah. then they all of a sudden release. And it's the same thing. It goes for everything in life. I think like, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the waiting for this interview for me was more anxious and, and, and really scary than actually doing it. Or, you know, yeah. like the, uh, sort of like writing the book, like the, uh, thinking about writing the book is so much worse than just writing the darn book. But, um, yeah. I know you and I could talk about that kind of stuff for another hour or two. And I just want to oh, yeah. go into scratching the surface curiosity questions where, uh, I know for a fact this will make someone feel less alone. We'll learn a little bit more about you and then we'll end it out strong. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, the first question I'd love to ask you is, uh, what's one thing that most people don't know about Dr. Rick Hansen? Wow. Uh, most people don't know that I spent six months as a 19-year-old getting almost all my calories from grocery store garbage cans. There you are. I wow. dropped out of UCLA. I was... Uh, Gosh, I was like a young hippie kind of and sleeping on the floor of my friend's apartment, literally living on food stamps uh, hand to mouth while volunteering in an alternative school. It was back in the day. And I got most of my calories from grocery store garbage cans because they throw away a lot of edible food. Uh, I'm not telling people to routinely do this. Be careful. I did not get sick at all that entire time. And it was trippy, you know, to like – get potatoes that were a little sprouted or a, you know, a bag of flour that somebody had just accidentally cut, you know, a hole in or something like that. Anyway, most people don't know that about me. Wow. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. That's not, um, 
as you've gone through it and moved through that trauma, mm -hmm. I can see it as the way that it wasn't a trauma. It. it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> no, I would, I would bring kids along with me uh, from the school with their parents' permission. And they thought it was like Christmas or Hanukkah, you know, like free food, free presents. They were like, wee, Cocoa Krispies, wee. <laughs> so anyway, it was great. I yeah. dug it. I, I could tell. Uh, geez, I, I view it as, as absolute horror, but I guess not. I don't know. No, no, don't don't uh, pick up. Don't no canned goods, and don't pull out anything that's touched the sides of the can. And otherwise, you know, Why not? <laughs> see what you find. <laughs> Some stores sell what other stores throw away. You start to learn to be discerning. I love it. I love it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's a uh, what's another job that Dr. Rick Hansen would like to uh, work in? Well, I would love to host a kind of like personal growth talk show with interesting, cool people, uh, experiential activities for people in the audience and people watching. Uh, funny, keep it moving, get a co-host who's sort of different from me in various ways, create some balance here. And I think that would be a really neat job, especially for the general market, general population. That'd be a lot of fun. I'd enjoy that a lot. Yeah, I could see you doing that. I could see like a, a sort of like, instead of a, a Conan O'Brien show, it'd be like, a Dr. Rich Hansen show and, and Logan Tyler Nelson would would play as your um your There you are. My, my <laughs> and keep Conan. No knock on Conan, you know what I mean? But yeah, totally. I, I just think that would be a really cool show and it would serve a lot of people, be fun. And uh you just can imagine that format, but it would really lend itself to a little bit of wisdom, some real heart, not just uh superficial quick fix stuff and and actually doing some stuff even with the audience where we just say, hey how about a minute now? We'll all just kind of listen to this person, take us through like a little journey. Won't, no. Wouldn't that be? We're not we're not there to treat depression or cure mental illness or give anybody any specific advice. And, you know, it could be really valuable. So that would be a lot of fun. I would thoroughly enjoy that. I think you would hit it out of the park with that. So um, let's let's talk in a couple of months when we make that happen. OK. Okay. Okay. You see, any Hollywood producers or whatever listening, you know, just let us know what you think. Anyway, I would love that. That'd be so cool. Um, this one is a, you know, and you can take your time with this, and 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 um, you know, I don't want you to like uh, feel like you need to totally open up, but I just like to ask this question of, of what do you think you're struggling with right now? Well, I first I would. I would change the word. I don't experience struggling with anything. I mean, I have experienced struggle and I think there are people who really do struggle. So I want to honor the real meaning of the word. You know, I think sometimes we, um, we water down words and that has the effect of trivializing them. Uh, so I'd say that, uh, I don't say this as a criticism. I just mean factually, I wouldn't describe myself. I mean, I've done a lot of work on myself over the years and, um, Hopefully some of it, you know, has paid off. Otherwise, what was I doing, right? Uh, what I would say, though, is kind of my growing edge, or sometimes people talk about it like their green edge or your growing edge. Like, what's, what am I grappling with? And I would say, with regard to that, um, I'm, I'm kind of amused by and very engaged with practicing with subtleties of irritability or exasperation. And... There is normal. It's, there's no shame. It's, I'm not trying to suppress it, but it's like I used to work with anxiety a lot inside myself. I would kind of observe it and I, I and increasingly be able to enter the next moment. I think truly with little or no fearfulness whatsoever, really of any kind. Um, now I'm really taking a look at uh, what might be called anger, you know, subtleties of anger. So that's kind of kind of my personal growing edge these days. And I'm a pretty chill guy. You know, most people who know me say I'm pretty authentically cheerful and easygoing and straightforward and patient and whatnot. So I'm, I'm not talking about big, strong anger reactions, um, which some people have to grapple with. And still, nonetheless, you know, I can watch this stuff bubbling up uh, under different conditions. So that's kind of what I'm practicing with these days. That's what I would say. Struggling? Nah. Practicing? Yes. With that territory. Hey, Logan Tyler Nelson here. I would so appreciate it if you took some time to hit the subscribe button. I really want to just, 
honestly live and give. Why? Because I was told when I was young that if you're feeling down, the best way to feel better is by lifting someone up again. So in an effort to make someone feel less alone, please hit the subscribe button so the podcast has a better chance of being found and making someone feel less alone. And if you're feeling down, hey, it can help you. Know that by hitting that subscribe button, you just did someone a huge favor. So thank you for hitting that subscribe button. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy you actually changed it around. Um, that's so important um, because I started off with, the, with resilience being a practice rather than this. And it's a mm-hmm. process. And I think that that's why we need teachers, you know, to teach us yeah. and remind us of that. So yeah. um, thank you for that. The next set of questions are these uh, sort of like, you know, 30 seconds or less, uh, super uh-huh. quick questions to round us out. Yeah. And, and the last, uh, I call it the random round. So the last uh, bit of the random round questions is uh, if you could sit on a park bench with anyone for an hour, who would it be and why? The Buddha. I don't even know if we need a why. <laughs> I know exactly why. <laughs> I'll just stop right there. Yeah. Uh, and um, I mean, Jesus, uh, I mean, that's a whole other kind of sort of category. Uh, the, <laughs> the Buddha, the yeah. Buddha did not claim any, you know, as it were, divine inspiration. It's a different, I, and I have respect for both of them. Uh, and uh, yeah, that would be straight up. That's who I'd like to hang out with. Oh my God. That's awesome. The other, I mean, the other one would be like Einstein or somebody like that, Einstein hey. or the Buddha. And I'd pick the Buddha because I can read about Einstein in a book, but the full profundity of the Buddha's teachings, I, I would just like. And being around the living example, that would be unique. That's so cool. Very cool. Yeah, I'm a I'm a practitioner as well. So, mm-hmm. um, so cool. Um, how do you like to consume your content? Books, blogs, audiobooks? podcast mm. uh i think i'm the kind of person i remember better what i read than what i hear i, I remember what i see better than what i hear uh, including movies like i just remember um, just movies i've seen you know they boom or if you tell me a dream i'll remember your dream because i see it as you tell me uh so i tend to i go that way uh part of it i think is generational uh, but I'm a quick read. Uh, so I like to read stuff. I always have something going. My wife laughs. I read while I brush my teeth. It's usually I'm flicking through political blogs or, uh, reading fiction, you know, while I brush my teeth, but like, why not? You know, and it, plus it keeps you brushing your teeth longer and that's probably good for you. That's so cool. Um, if you are a podcast listener, what podcast do you recommend? Well, I, I, I confess I do like listening to Bill Simmons. Uh, talking sports that's really fun and um josh marshall uh a guy who writes about current events and politics and and i feel in an extremely discerning intelligent fact-based grounded uh reasonable way josh marshall uh those are probably the ones that really pop out for me i'm sure there are a bunch of other great podcasts a detail uh, uh i i do a podcast called the being well podcast with our son forrest and let's see if I can just do a shout out there. Uh, he yeah. produces it and, you know, pulls it together and we do it together. And it's a great podcast. So that would be something else that I'd want to listen to if I weren't given it. Man, I love that you do that with your son so much. I can't I like virtual high five and, and, and bro hug right now, because I think right. for me, like compassion, creativity and curiosity are three things that keep me going and keep me energized and, and and to hear that you do that with your son for me is like putting those all together and making it yeah. together and you guys I, I mean that podcast definitely check it out please do it you can tell it it's uh filled with a bunch of wisdom um thank the, you yeah absolutely um the next question i'd love to ask you is uh give us a glimpse of your uh, morning routine hmm uh, wake up and I, I do a thing almost, I, I would say most mornings where I sort of recommit to my personal purpose in life, my most fundamental purpose. I'll spare you the intimate details of it, but it's, it's a really important thing to do to just, there are a couple words that really sum it up for me and there's a feeling in it. And I just sort of give myself over to it. It's not like as to go back to our pain and gain conversation, it's not a purpose that we have to kind of scr- scratch and claw our way toward. 
that that relationship to purpose is not useful and it will burn out. We have there's what's called willpower fatigue. On the other hand, if you surrender to your purpose in a felt sense in your body and you get a sense of being lived by and inspired by and protected by and carried along by and fed by your your most important purposes, well, that's a totally different relationship to them. It could be the same purpose, but the relationship to it shifts. And so I do that. And then often um, I do a practice that really comes out of brain evolution. Um, and there's some deep implications for it having to do with um, helping yourself over time grow this unshakable core inside of fullness and balance rather than feeling like something's missing or there's some kind of disturbance going on, which then triggers us into all kinds of reactive mind states, including ones that have kind of craving um, in the Buddha's second noble truth kind of baked into them. So I do a thing every morning that I, or not every morning, but a lot often that I recommend to people kind of recenter in your own version of authentically feeling some kind of peace, contentment, and love. And that tends to reset your reptilian brainstem, mammalian subcortex, and primate human neocortex. Peace, contentment, and love authentically. Always authentically, never not. Uh, if you recenter there, take a minute or two or three to recenter yourself in peace, contentment, and love as the basis from which you meet the challenges of the day. Then when you get out of bed, you're good to go. Wow. Wow. That was uh, that was a lot more than what I thought I was going to get. So I'm loving that. I'm going to re-listen to that a couple thousand million times. <laughs> um, the last two questions to round us out. Uh, the uh, second to last question is, um, what's a self-inquisitive question that maybe someone that's listening to this right now could ask themselves throughout the day to sort mm -hmm. of um, move them uh, a little bit closer? And I think you gave so mm -hmm. many, so many, but I want to direct it to just one focus, yep. you know, because we get better with that focus, I think. Six words. Am I taking in the good? Oh, that's huge. That is huge. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you. Doesn't mean chasing for it. Doesn't mean craving it or clinging it. Paradoxically, the more we take in the good, the authentic good that's available to us. And by that, I mean experiences of it, not just knowing, not really knowing it intellectually or conceptually, though that's often where the experience begins. But it shouldn't be where the experience ends. Feel the good and then take in the good. And as you take in the good, neurologically, literally, Increasingly, you feel filled up already inside as the next moment lands, and you're, and therefore you're, you you don't feel such a hungry heart, such a desperate heart, such a lonely heart, and you're able to meet the next moment with more inner balance, no matter what kind of waves come at you. Huge, 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 huge. Um, so where is the good? I love it. Um, oh, are you taking in the are good? Are you taking in the good? My, yeah, my and good's to be found all around. You know, large yeah. and small, it doesn't mean denying the bad. Actually, as people resource themselves increasingly through taking in the good, they become actually more willing to see the bad, including the bad in lives of others that are unlike them or the bad in a subtle and more distant future, like the impact of global climate change, for example. Uh, yeah, are you taking in the good? Half a, a handful of times every day, slow down for a breath or two. Are you taking in the good? That's awesome. Are you taking yeah. in the good? Um, the last question is just, where is the one place people can find you the most? That one go-to place? RickHanson.net. That's S-O-N, RickHanson.net. Yep, and uh, truth be told, that's how I found him, and that's how I got a hold of his email, and... Uh, brought this huge, awesome, honestly, huge, life-changing conversation that you guys just witnessed just now. So um, thank you, Rick, so much for being on the show. I can't Logan, it's great. Keep it. going. Keep going. If I can leave one little final word, if, yeah, or two of words, course. actually. Of course you it, can. Briefly, to you and to everybody listening, and, I, and, it, and it was said to me, and I honestly try to remember it and say it to myself, um, I was talking with a senior, a really senior teacher in the meditative traditions one time uh, who was leading a little workshop and I was in it. And uh, this is 20 plus years ago, probably. And I was uh, sharing with the teacher 
what I was experiencing and kind of wanting to check with him like, hey, am I, am I on the track? So I tell him what I'm experiencing. And he was a very kind of austere, I won't say stern, but he was is still alive, very authentic. He doesn't mince words. He doesn't go around praising people. He smiled and nodded and said yes. And then he said two words to me that I've never forgotten, and I'm offering them to you and through you right now. He said to me, keep going. Yeah, and that's where we'll leave it off on. Whatever you're doing, whatever, you know, right now, if you're listening to this, keep going. Because no matter what, that's going to lead to success. So thank you so much. Thank you, Logan. There's another episode of Scratch Your Own Itch. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to support the show by listening. Um, the biggest compliment you could ever pay me is just by sharing this because honestly, it doesn't take much. And it feels so good when people create something and take time. And when I see someone take time to create something that really just changed my day either made me feel less alone, made me put a smile on my face, made me laugh, made me feel wiser. I always want to share it with the world because why? When I share something that resonates with me, why not share it? I mean, that's just kind of the thing that goes around and it's free. It takes no time at all other than just a click of the button, share. On either Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, any of those social media platforms would be great to share this. So I really appreciate it. And I want to say that um, anybody who's looking to gain authority or expertise in their area and they don't want to take another year or year and a half to write a book and wait until that's published, I think the best way is right now is to start a podcast. So if you're at all interested in starting a podcast, if you meet the certain requirements, I would love to help you with a podcast and also get a website going for you as well. And this is not an easy task. It's hard to actually get it done and get it out there. So every now and then we need some help and I'm here for you. So please reach me at Logan at LoganTylerNelson.com if you're interested at all. And don't ever forget, you matter and you're enough.